0: so hello great minds it's tuesday and that means it's time for drinks with great minds in history as we get ready to discuss two people who maybe struggled or had to fight to hold on how even get their crowns and really i think knew how to party uh it's Catherine De great versus christina the girl king so welcome to the show everyone our first round of shots for a while but we're back today we will discuss the life actions and legacies of two great minds whose impact might lie beneath the surface a little bit christina of sweden and Catherine the great uh i'm gonna have to jump around here because kelly's gonna be a second before she gets in uh but i of course i'm joined by my high school history teacher the poet and you didn't even know it cullen of aragon Colin Farrell, how are you doing tonight, Colin? Oh, I'm sorry, tonight, oh, no. tonight Kelly's going to the in
1: this... Peninsula. Now, is that is I that know. what we're
0: all I know is I just said tonight and it's like, we're up at the ass crack of dawn recording this. I'm pretty sure Luke might have just woke up uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for this recording. Well, I am drinking early.
1: coffee because it's, it is morning time. So that's yeah. That's hey, spoilers.
0: Funny. We didn't talk drinks yet, but Cullen, how are you doing? How have you been? Of your as your good, summer? You mentioned good,
1: good, uh, my poems. I'm, I'm working on book two. It's, it's almost done. I'm about 90% there and, uh, it should be out hopefully by month's end.
0: So. Well, remind us, Cullen, what's the name of your first book of poems?
1: Uh, the first book was called "Drinking with COVID," which I made during the summer of 2020, back yeah. before there was a vaccine, and sure. you know we weren't sure what the hell that disease was That's all sure about. Said, yeah. You know, I, there was that onus to write the damn thing before I, you know, got COVID, and you know.
0: But you've always hurt. been interested in writing poetry. Is that what I've gathered?
1: Uh, I mean, I kind of dabbled in it, but then once I found my, my niche there, uh, and now this one, this one's uh, featuring uh, one of the famous battles of Gettysburg, uh, the Battle of the Wheatfield. Okay. And it's a five-part, it's called Ballad of the Wheatfield, and it's it's my opus. It's, it'll be the feature piece of the book.
0: Awesome. Well, uh, you know what, listeners and Cullen, uh, Cullen, give me the link to your Amazon uh, where you can purchase the book on Amazon and uh, I'll post it in the show notes in case anybody out there is a fan of poetry. Um, you know, I might even pick it up, uh, download the e-copy for my, my tri- upcoming travels. Uh, give me something oh, to, cool. so, something a little different. Yeah, to read. On not going to <laughs> say I'm a big poetry reader, uh, but I, I would be, uh, you know, I'm disappointed that I haven't read it yet just because it is, is your book. And well, there's some I'm
1: historical the poems, uh, the one I wrote about Edgar thompson uh works which is a steel mill of pittsburgh um, Who the in, in in this book there's one on the potato famine there's oh, one neat. on yeah like i i because i'm a history teacher i pull history into the poetry which also it. makes it a new niche because no one else writes historical poetry
0: i love it so. writing poetry about the past well and it earned you a nickname which brings us to uh speaking of nicknames our our next guest of course we'll be joined by uh kelly in just a few moments Whenever she gets back. But of course, we are joined tonight by our Yinzer with the Yingling. Our tonight. fuck It's it's the afternoon, everybody. Bear with me. Uh, It's our Yinzer with the Yingling. Our apple pie patriot. The man with a mouthful of Skittles. Soon to have another nickname about vaping. Shots regular guy. Luke Franchuk. Hi, Luke. How you been? How you doing? I know we talk travels and pregame, but what else is new? Your life's good? Everything. Everything's
2: good. Yep. Everything is good. Um, enjoying the summer kind of going day by day and are um, you
0: heading back to your same school come the beginning yes. of the school year yep
2: i'll be i'll be at uh, the same the same place with the fluorescent lighting um
0: no I only asked no. for the password i don't think there is a password sorry we're having all kinds of troubles listeners bear with us we we had to switch from one thing that kicked us out back over to zoom and we're gonna be cutting it piecing it together a little bit here but uh we'll figure it out but anyway you were saying join summer and you are going back to your your regular school
2: Yeah. Going back to regular school. Uh, really I'm looking forward to going back. So I'm hoping that, uh, this year will be a little bit more, um, manageable than the past couple have been. Sure. Sure. Uh,
0: Yeah. I know. Right. Hopefully the kiddos are done. thinking that they get an exception for COVID. It's like, yeah, that's just, that's just, uh, that's just, it's, it's, it's past. now. Um, I guess I, I forgot to introduce one person. I think I tend to introduce, I uh, forget to introduce him sometimes. He's somewhat important to the show. His name is uh, your host, Zach Tobacco, otherwise known as Mr. TGMH. So I am here too. Uh, it literally says on my script, so what's everyone drinking tonight, dot, 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 this afternoon? Because it is 12.33 in the afternoon. Cullen and I have been recording since 11.30. So is anybody drinking anything actually alcoholic
2: for this? I'm drinking. Yay, me too. I'm not the only one. What are you drinking today, Luke? I'm drinking an ice-cold traditional lager from Yingling.
0: America's oldest brewery in... America's oldest brewery
2: in Pottsville, Pennsylvania.
0: Still Pennsylvania. Here's Kelly. All oh, right. Wow. Oh, Kelly audio is, connecting is connecting to the audio. Yes. Audio is connecting. Hi, Kelly.
3: Hey. Sorry about that.
0: Do you have video? I don't have video. Okay. Just so you know, I am a black screen.
3: It doesn't look like mine wants to work right now. It it
0: looks like says- it's... Trying, it says it's trying. Well, welcome to the land of no. You don't have the screen cover on, do you?
3: Maybe there she is. There's
0: Kelly. <laughs> I don't have some masterful reveal. I'm going to be a black screen this time. Uh, but of course, now we're joined by Kelly Rizal. That is the first lady of shots, old three-finger jack herself. And people really loved that nickname on the Facebook post the other day uh, for Kelly's birthday. Three-finger jack. Sounds like a drink I'm like it is. Um, well, we were just talking about speaking of drinks. Uh, Luke was telling us that he's drinking some beer we've never heard of from America's oldest brewery in Pottsville, Pennsylvania. A nice cold traditional yingling lager. Cullen said he's. it's too early for him to drink drink even though he's irish i don't know what's wrong with him but <laughs> so and then there's kelly kelly are you drinking anything this afternoon
3: yes i have some frozen concoction called a bahama mama
0: Ooh, a bahama Ooh. mama how yeah. fun it is kelly's like birthday weekend celebrating with the family all kinds of exciting adventures it's good that kelly's drinking because kelly is the not the reason we're here but the one who suggested this Wonderful early afternoon drink time, but I am drinking a Mister Black cold brew coffee liqueur. Uh, it's only twenty five percent alcohol, but it's a product of Australia and it's brewed with vodka and cold brew coffee. And I am just drinking it on the rocks, but it makes one hell of an espresso martini as well. My drink of the summer by the pool. I've been having my afternoon espresso hard some days, but I am drinking straight coffee liqueur. It's not like Bailey's. It's not like uh, you know Kalu or anything. It's not like. Cheap shit. It's like a legit drink. Uh, and it is fantastic. Highly suggest it, listeners and all of you. Uh, so we're all day drinking on DGMH today. Of, of course, though, you know, I've made a point this season, uh, you, you know, to. Give everyone a chance to share their thoughts on our latest great mind. Uh, that is Christina, the girl, the girl king, as she was called by her father of Sweden. So, what were your general thoughts, guys? I, I love to hear them because, like, I've known for two seasons that I never really gave you guys a, a solid chance to voice your opinion just about the great mind. But what were your thoughts on Christina of Sweden as you listened? Who wants to start us off? Okay, Kelly. Really you want to start yeah, cool. Yeah. What do you think? Why? Would you like her or?
3: I liked her. I had never even heard of her before, so I was going in completely blind, but Mm -hmm. I liked that she was badass and like many of the other great female minds, you know, had this horrid reputation, but wasn't necessarily always the truth.
0: With Christina, I mean, certain parts of her reputation were certainly a little bit the truth. And that's kind of what I like about her is that she didn't, she kind of bucked the system a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Colin, what were your thoughts on Christina?
1: I didn't know Sweden had such a role in the Thirty Years' War. Uh, when yeah. we learn about it, it's always Germany and the German internal struggles and the continental type thing. And... For Sweden to have uh, jumped in, that was kind of interesting. And then, unlike a lot of monarchs you mentioned in the show, she was cool with letting mm-hmm. people practice what they wanted. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was sure refreshing to hear from a monarch that was uh, open minded for a change. He, yeah.
0: Even if by the end she wasn't a true monarch of her country, she still, she still. Yeah, know. the
1: whole step down thing, you know, we, we get back to Cincinnati. You know, mm-hmm. that's hard for some monarchs to do. They can't sure. do it. And she did. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Luke, general thoughts on Christina? I really liked her. I thought it was a really interesting um, episode because I, my uh, knowledge of Swedish history is uh, very, very shallow. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so it was really interesting to hear about her and and kind of and how she trend and and uh, not really giving a shit what others uh, thought of her or her reign.
0: Yes, yes, I, I, I agree. She didn't really give a shit what others had to say uh, about her, her reigning styles, her life, her personal life, etc. And I think that might be one of the reasons why uh, Cullen won me over in the end with who we should debate her against today. Uh, my initial thoughts were Charlie too, uh, because, you know, they both have this kind of whimsical spirit to them. But but I think Cullen won me over. Uh, so today, instead of uh, the initial plan, we're going to get to it with the Battle of the Cold. Uh, a Russian czar from Germany who had to seize her crown. And a Swedish queen who gave hers away but tried to seize others. I guess we'll find out who will win this round of shots around the world. But first, it's some history for you, a reason to drink for me. It's the history of the great minds that made history come to be. <laughs> so Catherine and christina fun free-spirited a little chaotic in both lifestyle and love life both were bold and energetic leaders with several sometimes self-made obstacles in their way their reigns were by no means the standard for the time but they both found greatness in the chaos that sometimes again they created uh so we're going to go ahead and get to this round of shots heard around the world let's go as long as no one has any questions before i set the timer I love the the deafening silence of, hey, does anybody have any thoughts or questions? And then it's like, uh, no. All right. Well, then I'm going to put 20 minutes on the clock. And then if we have to finish something up, we will. But I have six questions. Three are short and simple. Two are the, uh, the other three are the very standard questions we always ask. Then we'll move into uh, footprint and any questions you have after the Patreon episode. So let's go ahead and start this timer. 20 minutes on the clock. I described these great minds, but I wondered and I figured we'd start off with what... Word would you use to describe each of these great minds? It could be one word for both, or one word for each. Why don't we start with Catherine the Great? One word to to describe her. Three, two, one. First word that comes to mind, Colin.
1: <laughs> ruthless or ruthless. Ooh. ruthless or resilience. Uh, resilient would be more for Christina. Ruthless for Catherine. Catherine disposed of her husband Peter the Third mm. in order to take power, and that took incredible moxie to do since she wasn't even russian sure, uh, sure. She was in Russia. so and, and then not only that but not only does she take become head of state she becomes head of the church the sure, orthodox sure. faith you know so it wasn't just a power grab it was right. a, as much a religious grab as anything so so yeah
0: but christina you say resilient
1: resilient because for christina i mean she was truly like you know almost like a 21st century version of Liberation, yeah, <laughs> sure, know, sure, sure, yeah, living in uh, you know, that 16th century world or whatever it was,
0: 17th, 17th uh, century world, 17th yeah, century, yeah, yeah,
1: So, uh, and she she just you know didn't care about what people thought, so that resilience, yeah. So, those are the two words
0: that I've never seen someone give up something and then be able to still say the whole time, Wow, she really never gave up, you know, like doing what you wanted to do. So, I like she never compromised
1: herself. Yeah. Or yeah. her values, you know, yeah. she she put power aside and decided, I'm still going to be who I am.
0: It's so. it's interesting. One's an outsider, you know, working her way in. The other's an insider, working her way out. Both trying to exist in these new realms. Kelly, one word for Catherine?
3: Mm, I'm going to go with fierce. Mm. Is she? I mean, she could accomplish what she wanted to, if by any means necessary. In many other mm. cases. And then for Christina, I'd probably say open-minded okay. so the fact that she was had some sort of religious tolerance was pretty mind-blowing at the time so mm-hmm. the fact that she was open to different things and not necessarily just i was raised this way i will only fit in this one box
0: there was no box for christina of mm-hmm. sweden that that is true no categorization luke one word um Catherine,
2: i would say calculating okay okay i agree kind of knowing when her moment was and and when to uh seize that moment and for christina um a bit unusual to describe a monarch this way but i would call her revolutionary
0: oh sure i like that that's fun uh do you want to get into why she's revolutionary or do you want to save that for later um i think we'll talk about that sure uh, i i agree so Uh, You you know, I'm going to go with – Catherine, I don't really – I think – geez. With with Catherine, I have a hard time with – I don't know if she's ruthless. I I like fierce, um, and I like calculated. I I do think she was ruthless. I shouldn't say that. But I I think – just, just bold. Bold is the word I would use for Catherine the Great. Um, whereas I'm going to kind of play on Kelly's and say fearless for Christina of Sweden. Uh, she was never afraid to go for anything she wanted. And uh, one of you mentioned that Catherine the Great just sat and waited for that right moment to seize power. And it's interesting. I think we're going to make this comparison a lot in this episode. Christina just sat there and waited for that right moment to leave power uh, when it was the time to leave power. And for her to do that, I, I, I don't want it. To, to, to seem like a small, simple feat. Uh, I tried to hit on that in the episode a little bit, but well, th- those are words. We've, we've said words. Now, words are one thing, but accomplishments are another. So who do you think accomplished more in their lifetime? Not just their reign. I think we have to 100% say that before Catherine came to power, we need to discuss that. And after Christina left power, we need to discuss that. Christina was a unique, great mind for me. Looking at someone's legacy in terms of what they did after they left power was very strange. I kept thinking of your favorite president, Kelly, Jimmy Carter. The greatness comes after the rain, you know? Uh, it was it was very interesting for me, but uncommon, uncharacteristic of the show. So uh,
2: who wants to take a stab at this one? I think Catherine. Why so? Because she was German and then ends up in Russia, marries the Tsar, kills the Tsar, uh... <laughs> becomes the head of the Russian Orthodox church and, and comes the empress of all Russia, um, and, expands and, Russia. It, and expands Russia and expands Russia. A totally alien kingdom to her. Like she's a foreigner and she just takes over.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I um, agree. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Luke.
2: I don't know. May, and I, that might be because like she died while she was in power. Sure. So it's kind of one of those things. What have you done for me lately? Sure. And, and I think her story resonates more with historians than like Christina. Really because, you know, we talk about Catherine the Great much more than we do Christina of Sweden.
0: Most people don't even probably know who she is. Exactly. Uh, you know, at least fan people, fans of the show, the Great will know who Catherine the Great is at the very least, you know, and read her wiki page. Nobody's got, not much out there on Christina of Sweden, even though there probably probably should be. Um I, I totally agree with you. Not that, not to say that Catherine wasn't without her shortcomings, that the, the <laughs> ideas that she had were so good, but they often fell short. Whereas Christina was in a position of not power. So when she had an idea, it didn't fall short unless she let it fall short. The state yeah. couldn't act against her because there was no state to act against her. I, I, you know, Building on that, I mean, obviously Catherine seized power, but Christina gave it away. And to make a Decision like that, it is an accomplishment to be able to to be able to step down and still be so influential. And had had she seized any one of those crowns, she went after Naples, Poland, even Sweden again, it would have been like the ultimate comeback story. She'd be going down as one of the greatest, you know, female minds in early modern history. And, and sadly, she isn't. So, Colin or Kelly, what do you, what do you think for who accomplished more?
3: I agree with Catherine uh, for accomplishing more. Just because I was actually thinking. She was a little bit more revolutionary than um, Christina. Um, great. Great. And, you know, I know she wrote the document of some sort that I don't remember the name. The, um, um, oh,
0: God, the Nakaz, the, what is it called? The, oh, my, God, I know the Russian name, and I can't remember the actual fucking, the instrument, I think, or something like that. I'll look it up. Go ahead.
3: Um, but, you know, she's kind of setting the stage for the advancement of women, the advancement of serfs. Mm-hmm. But she also expanded the empire drastically. So, I mean, yes. she almost conquered all of Eastern Europe.
0: So, now, to, to be fair, though, Christina Sweden's reign did witness the end of the Thirty Years' War. And a great expansion of Swedish territory uh, mm-hmm. into parts that we would see as Germany Poland, etc today so there there is a part to her reign that in that short period of time she did accomplish a great deal. We talk about Russian Alaska with Catherine the Great back in the day well New Sweden was founded during the reign of of Christina of Sweden and, and although one didn't last and the other did Russian Alaska was a seal hunting outpost for two decades or two centuries it was the instrument or i'm sorry the instruction the great instruction or the nakaz was catherine's document and you're right christina didn't have some fancy document to govern her people but
1: cullen do you agree uh, yeah, let me I just was going to touch on the Treaty of Westphalia. Is that I know she sent Johan to undercut was it Oxenstierna's? Yeah, yeah, or, I don't even
0: know which name was which, but she sent her own guy to undermine her prime minister's guy because her interests weren't being represented. And that takes guts.
1: It does. And if 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 did am I correct in assuming that she helped broker that Treaty of Westphalia?
0: At least the Swedish side, but yes, I mean it's a room full of people power brokers trying to grab and seize what they can. I mean, you have to, if you don't know the Peace of Westphalia history, well, it'll close out our Another Moment with Mr. DGMH Patreon saga that I'll be introducing uh, next month. Listeners, be sure to check that out. But Peace of Westphalia is an epic shit show. The Spanish and French ambassadors couldn't even agree who would enter the room first as they, uh, as they got ready to negotiate. They couldn't even get in the room to negotiate because they couldn't agree on that. So it's, it's an epic catastrophe. And yet out of it comes so much peace and change and and, and sweet- that's
1: where i think i i give the nod to christina because that is a pivotal yeah. event a religious tolerance that yeah. honestly i mean that's what ripped you know, europe apart sure. like eight to ten million were killed in the yeah. 30 years war which yeah. eclipses world war ii's holocaust sure. you know in terms of lives lost Yes. And some a few people even know what the 30 years war was, but the, the Westphalia, I think is what seals, you know, in terms of who had a greater accomplishment. Um, you know, Catherine was great for Russia. Great. That's good. But you know, Westphalia, I thought was something that will carry over into the enlightenment.
0: Sure. And it was great for Sweden. I mean, Sweden doesn't stay on top very long, but I don't think one Christina is to blame for that, but they, they were on top. They emerged from the 30 years war right up there with France. Major epic power. You just, people don't really pay attention to it. They just know ABBA and Ace of Base and Ikea. I don't don't know. It's interesting. Any other thoughts on accomplishments? I think think when we discuss accomplishments, and I'm probably going to give my nod, I'm going to give my nod probably to Catherine only because we saw, well, we saw territorial expansion for both. We saw, I don't, that's actually really hard because really, I mean, Catherine said a lot, did a lot influence politics a lot but when it came to influencing politics i mean christina was right there doing that too and 150 years prior or 100 years prior to when Catherine was operating i mean we're not even in the age of enlightenment during christina's day and she's like well fuck you i'm enlightened uh so i i don't know you know we have two female great minds two queens in their own right who do you think faced greater obstacles in their path to greatness because i think when you discuss accomplishments if you don't discuss the obstacles in their path and who who had more to overcome? That's hard. And I can jump right in if, if that's easier because you guys look like you have your thinking caps on. Uh, so for me, I'm going to say Christina. Sure, she was her own obstacle, stepping down from power, et cetera, but she never stopped trying to be a power broker in Rome, an artistic influence in Rome, and trying to seize power. Whereas Catherine, once she hit that initial obstacle... Her only obstacle was really the nobles. And nothing really stopped her and stood in her way as long as she worked with people. Christina, to to hold on and achieve any semblance, accomplish any semblance of greatness in her life. Every single step was an obstacle. And and it's one of the rare moments where after the Peace of Westphalia, the Pope actually matters because one of her greatest obstacles, as I'll be discussing in The Chaser, which aired a week ago when this comes out, I uh, have discussed in The Chaser, then I should say, that Popes can be a problem, but really they shouldn't have been. But for Christina, who's living in Rome, dealing with the Popes, they're an obstacle too. Uh, Russia's kind of like an outsider of Europe in a way. They only have to deal with Russia's rules. They don't really have to deal with anybody else. Christina would have had to deal with Europe and Europe's rules. Uh, she had to deal with Denmark, the 30 years. I mean, she came of age. In the 30 years war, Catherine came of age and ruled as a result of a coup. I I don't I'm probably going to give the nod for obstacles to Christina. Anybody want to jump in?
2: Um, You know, I was going to say, Catherine, after listening to you there, Zach, for a minute, I'm I'm changing my opinion and agreeing with you as far as Christina goes and overcoming more obstacles. Uh, like catherine uh so she was a foreigner and and had to seize power but really like you said after that uh, she was able to rule with little to no opposition except for the aristocracy sure and uh Christina, you know she had to Her, she was a woman mm-hmm. uh she was a child and the, the privy council changed whose authority but I love that to too who. yes yeah and uh and when she left power, there were still obstacles in her, in her path as, as as far as, you know, the Vatican goes and the church. Yeah, so I am going, I'm going to agree with you and say Christina.
3: Okay,
0: awesome. Uh, and I'm going to take that as a compliment from uh, from Luke Franchuk that he switched based on my opinion. So, uh, Luke, uh,
1: Cullen, do you want to go next? All the aforementioned reasoning uh is is great and one thing that struck out stuck out to me was christina's uh obstacle one of her big ones was the rejection of love from a parent sure. um, and i'm sure you and you and um sherry will touch upon this more with the psychological trauma like when the mom says take this monster away from me or yeah. you <laughs> know calls her own daughter ugly yeah. You know, like when when a, when a child is rejected by their parents, it does tremendous damage sure. emotionally and, and whatnot. And Christina pushes through all that. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, you know, she doesn't use it as a crutch. And, and, and like despite that rejection uh, from from her family early, early on, um, she still rises above it. And that's just amazing to me. Whereas, like we said, Catherine's path was always clear. She had ambition, and ambition was going to drive Catherine. Well, I wouldn't say it
0: was always clear, but it was from a certain from a certain point. It was always clear from a certain point. Christina's was never clear. Uh, Correct. Yes. Yeah, I I agree with your point, but I wanted to emphasize that one thing. Okay, Kelly, do you agree? Is it Christina, or do you think it's Catherine?
3: Um, I think it's Catherine. Actually, some of your reasonings make me lean more towards Catherine, because she experienced a lot of the same things. Because, I mean, remember, she was a child, too, who was forced to move to a different country, get married to the stranger, learn a new language, and then learn how to make an entire country love her. Mm -hmm. So I think that in itself is huge. And it's hard for me to give a lot to Christina on this, because I feel like she created 90% of the problems that she found herself in.
0: I think she might so, have been 90% of the problem if she found yeah.
3: So it's like these <laughs> obstacles kept occurring because of the things that she did.
0: Right. I, I mean, and then and not that we don't love her renegadeness. I, oh, you know, I, do. I mean, having, having taking possibly several female lovers or at least female companions, then deciding, you know, I'm in Rome. I'm going to have an affair with a cardinal. Uh, why the hell not? You know, I'm like a blasphemer in this conversation, like these last, this last 30 seconds or like, uh, anyway, Kelly cut you off. So you were saying oh. Catherine, I, I, I agree. Her obstacles were certainly great, but I don't know if they were, I, I don't know. I mean, is there something to say for, Hey, she had natural obstacles. Catherine had natural obstacles, Poland, you know, the Turks Crimea, internal nobility that she had to deal with. Christina, Pull problems out of thin air oh i have to deal with my exile well you chose to go into exile oh, i have to deal with the pope well you chose to deal with the pope you, you know oh, i have to deal with the fact that my cardinal lovers exiled well again you chose to love a cardinal uh in rome uh, so all right well on a fun note who would you rather go to a party with party who would you rather party with i know my answer my answer is christina
1: of sweden christina yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, her coronation party sounded like a lot. Yeah. Thing.
0: Wine from the fountains and all of that. Um, days of partying plus. I, I I don't know. I mean, there's just something about her, her liberal mindedness that's just Benign. just sounds intriguing. Yeah. I mean her house I don't know if you got the quote where it's like that her house became a, a den of thieves, assassins, and debauched women. It's like, oh that sounds like a party if I've ever heard one. So well, Christina's our party, uh our party pal then. But uh back to a more serious question then who was a stronger leader? Stronger Catherine. leader. Yeah. Why so?
3: Um, I mean she didn't quit she yeah. that's i think kind of the easier part of this is she faced every obstacle she had head on i mean she put on armor and to like shut down her husband
0: sure sure so, yeah total she did, and she instructed the government how to run even if the government didn't run the way she instructed um it's interesting yeah it, plus i mean we've discussed territory expansion but luke you called christina a revolutionary. Yeah and I think that might fit in here with with leadership because leadership can be very unique. I mean, you know, Washington was a political leader, but before that he was a revolutionary. Yeah. Um you know, who else um Jefferson was a political leader, but before that he was an enlightened revolutionary. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an, a a non-American
2: example, but what what do you, what do you think, Luke? I'm inclined to say Catherine uh Just because that she was able to exert absolute authority without many people questioning her um, decisions.
3: Sure. Um,
2: uh, Like, and you kind of talked about this, um, about Christina being a revolutionary, being able to decide what to do for herself and how that benefited her kingdom, and not Giving two whims to the wind of what, mm-hmm. of of how that would be perceived by others, True. I think is what really makes her a revolutionary. See, uh, yeah. Without needing to calculate what what politicians are going to think or how they're going to react.
0: See, I mean, I think there's something to her stepping down, though, because she decided she wasn't going to marry. She knew that the best thing to do would be to name her heir. That is a strong leadership ability. I mean, she's 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 hard and resolved in her decisions, but she wasn't blind and foolish in them. She was understanding she needed to appoint an heir. She needed to have a peaceful transition of power. Colin, you're shaking your head. What do you think, Catherine or,
1: or Christina? Catherine, because the reason I was going with Catherine, uh, she endures some large-scale revolt. It's called the Pugachev Rebellion yep, in yep. 1774, Pug-a-peter. which almost cuts her legs from under her as the Tsarina. And she ends up putting these, these Cossacks, these nomads, um, down, uh, yep. basically, and, and will take on uh, the rival factions that do try to oust her Sure. Um, so in terms of power. Um, And she'll also expand the empire almost by a third. Mm -hmm. When you look at the total Mm -hmm. land area grab that she fuses onto Russia to this day. Poland, yeah. Yeah, Poland, around the Black Sea, the Crimea, all that area. So I would say, you know, she expanded her empire and, you know, and I I guess both both, – I'll I'll talk about the arts later, but, you know, she – she really did transform Russia, and, sure. and and followed with Peter the Peter the Great's vision of mm-hmm. making maybe Russia finished
0: Europe. finished it. Yeah, I would say. Finished.
1: Yes, sure. I think we discussed that in prior episodes. Yeah. But you know that was a, a format that Peter tried, and and she finished.
0: Well, Kelly, what are your thoughts? Who led more? Who was a stronger leader? I went first. Oh, you went first. Oh, then it's my turn. It
1: has to be, I guess,
0: Catherine in a way. Um, Sorry, I'm watching the time as it tick ticks away because I want to make sure that we stop at 30 seconds to get out. But um, I I would say that Catherine's probably the stronger leader um, only because she led the whole time and still expanded her empire and saw her her empire never really shrink. Uh, She had great ambitions, much like Christina. Um, I I think that Christina ended up being an influence, a force to be reckoned with for her entire life, much like Catherine, but Catherine did it from a position of leadership, which Christina, I think, regretted giving up. I I, I just got the sense that Christina instantaneously like, oh, shit, what have I done? <laughs> I want it back. I want this crown. I want this crown. I want this crown. Not nah, None of it works out. Fine. I'll just be a little shit in Rome. But we are down to less than a minute. So finally, before we head to Patreon land, let's ask our final question from the the, uh, the list here. Who do you think would win in a fight? Hmm. Mm, indeed. I don't know.
3: I think Catherine.
0: Why? I think so, too.
3: Like, well, Catherine, like we well, said, she's fierce. She's ruthless. Um, Christina's like almost like a hippie to me. Like I feel yeah. like she's like, let's just like talk it out and in smoke instead. Like not really like, let's go head to head. See, um, I peace loving girl.
0: I feel like Christina could lay it down if she needed to. I feel like I, I, I don't know. I feel like it would be a better match up than we're thinking in this brawl. But uh, you know, I guess there's a certain hardness to Catherine the Great. But you know Gustavus Adolphus, she's got that lion of the north genes. Christina might be able to swoop in and kick some quick kick some ass. What do, what do you think, Colin?
1: Uh, was it Adolphus or dad that called her the girl king? Like the girl king, like, yes. Yeah, like she was born like a man almost, and when he respects, dressed like a man. I, I don't know. And Swedes tend to be. <laughs> Uh, overall one of the things about vikings uh, yeah. during the yeah. middle ages was they were one foot taller than most average europeans which terrified people
0: sure sure i don't
1: know what her height was but uh, i
0: don't either I, don't
1: I, w- I would i'm just gonna go with christina just for the hell of it
0: it's a split then to Catherine, to christina and on that note my listeners we are going to uh, move to our patreon bonus exclusive To discuss how, uh, well, I'm going to be honest with you, Cullen persuaded me another way. We went with Catherine V. Christina, but my initial thought was Charles II of England versus Christina. But we're going to head over to Patreon land and really just discuss whatever the hell comes to mind. Uh, So listeners, just follow the link in the show notes, support the show, and get access to all sorts of fun bonus content, including this last call round of shots uh, on Christina of Sweden and how she pairs up with some other great minds. Because we had a bunch of people come up, so we're going to go ahead and transition into that. Uh, You know, at the risk of getting political too much, I think that, you know, connecting that to Christina, certainly it did in the show and Kelly caught my I'm glad Kelly, if not all of you caught my little, you know, nod there in the show when I brought up Christina's. Uh, decisions she had made in her life, but uh, if you want to know what decisions we're talking about, listeners, uh, as long as nobody else has anything they want to bring up in Patreon land, we're good. All right, let's wrap this up then. Uh, you know, listeners, if you want to know what we're talking about with those decisions that Christina made and how maybe she compared to Charles the Second of England, uh, we had a good chat there. We compared her a little more to Catherine the Great, which we're going to continue to do here, but in certain more liberal aspects. We talked about how Christina would fit in a 21st century world, and we wrapped it up with a discussion on some current political issues. Uh, Without getting terribly political, I think we did a pretty good job of that, uh, which we try not to do even in the Patreon of the show. So we need to wrap this up though, because Colin and I have been on here since like 1130, and I've been on here since 1115. Yes, we've recorded a lot of content today, Colin and I, and everybody else has been here on Pushing an hour, so we need to wrap this up. So uh, quick question without much discussion as to why Who's a bigger piece of shit?
3: Mm-hmm. Catherine.
0: Catherine?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Colin, you agree? Yeah, Totally. I, I mean, it's hard not to say Christina, who stands up in defense, even if not ac- actually, but, you know, at least a name for the Jewish population and other downtrodden people. Uh, Catherine persecuted, you know, the, yeah, the Jews. the, pogrom, off, the
1: uh, yep, uh, exiling the, the Jews to Poland. You know, yep. just a horrible track record with Catherine. Absolutely. And Catherine always said she'd free the serfs, and she never did. Never did
0: never did the
1: game of it but never did it whereas the
0: religious and sexual and political liberal liberal attitude of of christina just was more so much more welcoming and open-minded other thoughts or do we want to move to footprint all right so the question we always ask and luke has brought in legacy many times and we can differentiate as needed but uh obviously i think legacy is a pretty easy one in this case uh who's who's remembered more uh but who left behind the greater historical footprint who wants to take a stab at this one first Footprint, footprint, footprints. Colin,
1: I'm going to go with when we talk about footprint or legacy. I'm going to go for the respective countries, right? Okay. If I okay. ask you who was the greatest Russian ruler, sure, you may or may not tell me Catherine the Great. Sure. But if I asked you in Sweden, if you knew Swedish history, who was one of the greatest Swedish rulers? I'll bet Christina would be one of the top two or three.
0: I I, agree. I really
1: I just don't know that many uh, Swedish mm-hmm. monarchs. I know lots and lots of Russian monarchs. Yeah, yeah, and I think in terms of footprint and impact for her country, Christina definitely had that that going. Now I don't know that I would say that she had a greater historical overall uh, impact, but for their for their legacy of their country, I want to go with Christina. See,
0: I I, I mean, her role in the Thirty Years' War and the Peace of Westphalia, sadly, like you said earlier, Colin, that's just kind of like neglected. By the general population, the Thirty Years' War. Uh, it's it's neglected by not historians but history studiers. You know, so
1: yeah, and and even like um you know for I never knew Sweden had uh, an age of uh, discovery or an age of mm-hmm. colonies like mm-hmm. new what would you call it New Sweden New Sweden yeah yeah New Jersey can can you real quick tell me how did they lose New Jersey to the English because they didn't there... the,
0: du- the Dutch helped them build it and settle the area because it was near New Amsterdam and then the Dutch Took it over and said, "You can still be Swedish, in every way, but you will serve the Netherlands as a colony." And then the Dutch take it all over, uh, take all of New Netherlands over, or, or the English take it all from the Dutch during Charles II's reign. The, the answer is quite quite simple. They they came, they got help, they built it, they lost it, uh, all yeah. within you know a couple decades. It's quite it's quite yeah. quite fascinating. And then the Dutch lose it five years later. You know, to the to the English. So, yeah. uh, you know, when they say even old New York was once New Amsterdam, they should say even old sure. New York was once New Amsterdam and, and New Sweden. Uh, and of course, mm-hmm. indigenous American territory that was taken by the Europeans. You know, um, it, it is interesting, though. Yes. I mean, certainly I think that. Yeah, it, it's tough. I, I mean, it is interesting to put them in their own countries Um Uh, More people are going to know Catherine the Great in terms of legacy, in terms of footprint. I never
1: even knew who Christina was. Uh, It
0: it is hard not to argue in favor of Catherine a little bit in terms of historical uh, legacy, but footprint, you know, I think that Christina, probably in certain circles, is incredibly remembered uh, for her liberal-minded attitude. Kelly, what are your thoughts?
3: I would have to go with Catherine. Even though I like Christina, I liked her open-mindedness, but it made me wonder she had a lot of these great ideas, but did really any of them come to fruition? Like, mm-hmm. so, yes, she wanted religious tolerance, but we know that didn't happen. And for Catherine, it's the good and the bad. So you know, she did bring education to women. She was idealistic about freedom to the serfs. So Even though she didn't do it, yep. but she also, you know, ruined Poland and killed sure. thousands sure. of people. So I think on like, that scale, the footprint is bigger.
0: Right. the literal footprint is definitely bigger, too. Just annexing Poland, making Poland not exist, annexing Crimea, making it a question. I mean, you could you could find roots to the current military crisis in that area in Catherine's reign even before. So it is interesting to think about footprint and legacy. Luke, do you agree, Catherine?
2: Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm going with Catherine as well. Uh, for the same reasons that that Kelly and you and and Cullen have all said, yeah,
0: yeah, I, I'd love to give it to Christina for footprint. I don't know if that means my, where my vote goes, but I, I I think that for for historical footprint, I got to give the nod to Catherine Catherine the Great, just because the visible footprint certainly certainly greater in the legacy, certainly unmatched by Christina. Catherine's legacy dwarfs Christina, Christina's legacy, at least in the common knowledge. Well, does anyone have any other thoughts other than uh, after Footprint, any questions you wanted answered about these great minds? All right. Well, let's move to, I guess, is it the scale of greatness? It's not really the scale of greatness. Uh, I guess it's time to vote. Uh, I will as always give our fruitless three to one point and we will try to shout out our answers, but is everyone ready to give give their answer? Yes. All right. So our big debate, our big question, who who deserves this round's crown of greatness? Uh, y- you know, in this round of shots around the world, the Russian czar from the outside who came in and took over and ruled or the Swedish queen who gave it all up, but never really gave up. It's It's a tough call. Uh, but I guess we'll do... Oh, you can't see my my finger. Yeah, I was going to say, you can't I'll, I'll, point, yeah. uh, Maybe, Cullen, could you do the three, two, one point for me then?
1: All right. All right, I'll do the point. All right. So, okay, ready? Yep. Three, two, one.
0: Christina. Catherine. Christina. Luke, Cullen, did you say an answer?
1: I said Catherine.
0: Oh, I my said,
2: God. I said Catherine as well. But Kelly and I said... And I said
0: Christina. Are we really in another tie? Another tie. Oh, my God.
2: Call up Andy Cheevers. I will post
0: it. I will post it to Andy Cheevers, and Andy Cheevers will let us know. And in the next- But like
2: the Supreme Court, we will not rule against precedent.
0: No, we will not rule against precedent. Um, That's that's it. Sorry to say This show is going to come to a bitter end. The rise and fall of DGMH. These fuckers started tying all the time. Um, I, I, I mean, you know, we didn't talk rise and fall very much because they kind of just manufacture their own rises and falls. But uh, that's it. We are in another tie, which means uh, Andy Cheevers, when you listen to this, <laughs> you will have to let us know who you think deserves the next crown of greatness. And by set precedent, that means that if Andy Cheevers chooses Catherine, Catherine will go on to the Battle Royale alongside Louis XIV, uh, which is a, a precedent we set. Last round. So uh, I will justify my actions and if anybody else wants to chime in, they can, but I will, I said Christina, because I think the obstacles to maintain any semblance of greatness were greater. Kelly, is that why you chose her?
3: No, I, I chose her for, you know, the great mind as for her mind, religious Mm -hmm. tolerance wins for me. That's, you know, well, well ahead of her time. And Mm -hmm.
0: Gotta love some, they're both ahead of their time, but I think that she was yes. ahead of a harder time to be ahead of. Catherine was yep. at least ahead of her time, but she was in the age of enlightenment. Uh, so, uh-huh. but you two chose Catherine for the, is it the literal physical growth of of Russia or?
2: Oh, are you, I'm sorry, are you asking me? Yes. Oh well, yeah, Ka-
0: yes. yeah, yeah, it just well, yeah, justification for when Cheevers listens to this yep. and he needs, wants to know our thoughts. Colin, is that why you chose her?
1: Uh, you mentioned it when you mentioned footprint. You said Catherine has a a, a greater legacy. Yeah, um, and that's true. Uh, if, if you say Catherine the Great to most people, they might know her. They're never going to know Christina sure. of Sweden. I agree. And sure. and so with that alone, and then because Russia still is a world power, uh, as much as that's controversial. Hey, uh, IKEA.
0: IKEA is a world power. Okay, in itself. IKEA. <laughs>
1: if you can get through the rule book or yeah, the directions. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so no. Uh, I, I guess, you know, with, with Catherine, I just think she had s- such a profound, uh, you know, a greater impact over the world community than well, Christina did. But
0: Awesome. I love it. Well, is anybody giving a shot tonight, today, this afternoon? I got to no? drive, so. All right. Well, I brought a shot of Scatterbrain's Dark Cherry Vanilla Whiskey. Now I sound like a, for a very good time. It's got a little raccoon in the bottle. Um, it's uh yeah you know i feel like the drunker now but whatever we i'll do the shot like for the, sh- for the right. sake of the show i will do a half a shot so uh if you enjoyed this episode of drinks with great minds in history then please consider leaving the show a great hopefully five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast follow the show on twitter and instagram at dgmh history and be sure to join in the conversation over at the dgmh facebook group plenty of fun chats to be had there If you're all caught up on DGMH and looking for more of the show that you've just fallen so much in love with, then we hope you consider supporting the show and heading on over to the DGMH Patreon page. Listeners can follow the link in the show notes to get access to bonus psych and shots discussions like the one we had here today, pre-game chats, extra moments with Mr. DGMH, Cullen chats, China, Pete chats, Portugal, and now another moment with Mr. DGMH on the 30 Years War coming soon. Well, let's raise a glass to uh, Christine of Sweden, a forgotten monarch who deserves to be remembered. Uh, And Catherine the great, of course, for being a a a monarch also ahead of her time, but I think Christina just found a special place in DGMH, uh, in the DGMH pantheon of great minds, at least in my book. Uh, we raise a glass to those two great minds, and of course, uh, to all of you, even though you can't see me, I am cheersing you, and to Andy Cheevers for once again popping in to break our tie. It is up to Cheevers. It's Cheever's Choice, and I will be back with a showcase of it uh, in the next recording that I do. So uh, cheers, guys. Thanks for coming on.
2: Cheers. Cheers.
0: Oh, I don't like that. Oh, I don't like that at all. Too sweet. Too sweet, but... All right. Well, I have kept you guys long enough, Colin. Poor Colin's probably getting like bed sores because I made him sit so long. Uh, so, <laughs> but there
1: were, there were things I didn't get to talk about that I, I kind of want. I mean, both of them hung out with French philosophers. Descartes like, was yeah, uh, Catherine, and she hung out with Descartes. Yeah, both but, collected art.
0: Yes, um, I know. Why didn't we talk about that in footprint? I just didn't get to it. I don't yeah. know. We were kind I, of- I mean, the great art collection and the sack of Prague, and yeah, that was that was cool stuff. Yeah. Maybe I'll copy and paste that in, Cullen, so that you can.
1: Did those guys really live when they got pushed out the window?
0: Yeah, they either the Catholics oh, wow. said the Catholics <laughs> said they got saved by angels, and the Protestants Boy. said they landed in a pile of shit. <laughs> uh, yes, they lived. They not only lived; they I think they like walked away. Uh, so. Yeah, it was it was pretty fascinating, but you can uh yeah, you'll get that when I get my thirty years war chats going. Oh, uh cool. so all right. Nice. All right, hey guys. Old? See you guys soon. Bye I'll guys, send pictures from good Italy. Good to see you all. Bye. Yeah, bye. Cheers.